0: Welcome to Beyond the Boardroom with me, Kieran Paul, where we will discuss the November edition of Insightion Monthly with its editor, Rebecca Sherritt. So welcome, Rebecca.
1: Hi, Kieran. Glad to be here discussing another magazine.
0: So Rebecca, do you know what the scary thing is? And this isn't a pun or a thing about Halloween, which has just come and gone. The scary thing is the next issue is December. It's the end of the year already.
1: It is a terrifying thought. The year has just flown past.
0: So with this issue, uh, November, the feature article reviews the short campaigns of the 2022 season. What trends, therefore, are worth highlighting from campaigns this season?
1: Well, it's been really interesting to see how ESG has inevitably also become a big feature of short campaigns now. A lot of companies have been facing allegations that they're jumping onto the ESG bandwagon, but not actually really addressing these ESG issues or changing their practices. We saw this pretty recently with Point's short report against Generac. The short seller said that the shares were selling at an undeserved premium, and that the company's claims that it's a pioneering green energy are actually undeserved. Spruce Point also targeted Oatly Group, claiming that its oat milk production is actually just as bad for the environment as their dairy milk production. In an interview with Insightia, Ben Axel of Spruce Point did say that any time that there are incentives for companies to meet certain requirements that boost valuations, there will unfortunately be a lot of companies that are cutting corners. And ESG is only really the latest trend where this has been the case. Another interesting trend that we discuss is over-leveraged balance sheets, and this has been quite a recurring theme in recent short campaigns, and something we might see a lot more of, especially with rising interest rates. So short sellers seem to be on the lookout for companies that are making decisions to promote short-term growth, rather than focusing on long-term profitability. So it seems to be an interesting year ahead for short campaigns. With markets being in a bit of a frenzy and being really volatile. We've just got to wait now and see how short sellers will react.
0: Another article this month examines how companies can reduce the risk of activist engagement. Now, is the risk of activism higher right now than it was in previous years?
1: I think it definitely is. Current market uncertainty does definitely mean that activists are engaging with companies in very different ways than they would in previous years. And because of this, it's extra important for companies to understand how to mitigate the threat of shareholder engagement. So this month, our magazine also explores exactly how companies vulnerable to activist intervention can mitigate this risk, sharing insights from the vulnerability platform. For those who might not know, our vulnerability platform analyzes a company's susceptibility to activist engagement based on a variety of factors, like investor voting, corporate governance, and institutional investor ownership, just to name a few. Our module found four predictor variables that are particularly significant when assessing a company's susceptibility to activism. And those were activist ownership, institutional ownership, peer ranked return on average equity, and peer ranked total shareholder returns. So this month, we delve into each of these in a bit more detail, cite some examples where such concerns have indeed yielded campaigns in the past year. So companies like Splunk and Tabula Rasa, for instance. We also look at why the healthcare sector and small-cap firms are among the most susceptible to activist engagement. So this is quite an insightful rundown of the key things to look out for and what issues companies should really make sure to address and prioritise to keep their investors happy.
0: We also feature an interview with ICCR CEO, Josh Zinner. Um, So firstly, can you tell us who the ICCR are, or better, is?
1: Who ICCR is? Um, So ICCR is the Interfaith Centre for Corporate Responsibility. um, And they're a investor coalition about 300 strong members now. For readers of our voting module, ICCR is probably quite a familiar name. Uh, Their members are a really integral part of the proxy season and they file a significant amount of proposals each year holding companies to account on their ESG commitments. Um, And it was really great to speak to Josh this month. The 2022 proxy season was a really big success for ICCR Despite the broader consensus, the ESG kind of was more on the back burner this season as companies grappled with the energy shortage and general market uncertainty. So Josh tells us that a lot more companies seemed open to engagement this season. Around 42% of ICCR member resolutions went to a vote, while an impressive 34% were withdrawn for agreement this season and its members' proposals yielded 37 majority wins, which is almost double the 20 they won the previous season. It was also a pretty great year for breaking records. Green Century Capital Management, which is one of their members, filed a proposal at Jack in the Box, seeking reporting on sustainable packaging. And this actually won the highest level of support on record for a plastic-related proposal. It won 95% support, despite management opposition, which is literally unheard of. An ICCR member's proposal also won the highest level of support for a resolution calling for a human rights impact assessment. Common Spirit Health's proposal at Sturm Ruger won an impressive 69% support. And Josh also discussed claims that ESG's shareholder proposals are becoming overly prescriptive, which he thinks is bogus. And it's just an excuse for management to shirk away from discussing these sensitive issues.
0: What else can readers look forward to?
1: Ah, oh, there's loads in this issue, Kieran. This month, our reporters delve into why Kraft Heinz's weak earnings and sales, coupled with its mounting expenses, mean it's vulnerable to activism. And we also look at how investors and are now turning their eye to the financial sector to accelerate their net zero transitions. While the energy sector has typically bore the brunt of pressure to decarbonize, investors are now looking at the financial sector's fossil fuel financing policies as another method by which to mitigate climate change risks. In the US and Canada, this has been primarily through the filing of shareholder proposals, while in Europe, this has been through management's say on climate votes. In this issue, we also feature an article from Diligent exploring the different responsibilities of board CEOs compared to chairs, and why separating these two roles is so important in ensuring the smooth running of a board.
0: And Rebecca, finally, are there any other interesting trends that have caught your eye this month?
1: Yeah, I mean, the anti-ESG movement has been super busy the past few months, but I noticed that BlackRock has faced a particularly tough few weeks. With allegations of its fossil fuel boycotting resulting in yet two more US states divesting from the fund giant. Louisiana State Treasurer John Schroeder announced his intention to divest all Treasury funds, around $800 million, from BlackRock over fears that its mandates would cripple the energy sector. Just a few days later, South Carolina State Treasurer also announced the divestment of $200 million from BlackRock funds by the end of the year due to similar concerns. And these are just a few recent examples. Similar actions have also been taken earlier this year by West Virginia, Texas, and the state of Arkansas, just to name a few. And BlackRock's attempts to win back the favor of Republican states have fallen largely on deaf ears. The fund manager launched a dedicated webpage to set the record straight, as it said, on energy investing highlighting the $170 billion it currently has invested in U.S. public energy companies. But BlackRock really does have to be careful, because in doing so, it's going to provoke the ire of those on the opposing side of the ESG argument. Just as another example, New York City Comptroller Brad Lander wrote to BlackRock, warning that backtracking on its climate commitments is at odds with its stated commitment to net zero. So Blackrock really does seem to be between a rock and a hard place at the moment.
0: Well, talking of being between a rock and a hard place, um, Rebecca, I still haven't watched the film you recommended in the previous episode.
1: <laughs> is there any reason why, Kim? Uh
0: Because uh, to my left is a rock and to my right is a hard place.
1: Well, in the January podcast, you need to submit a full review of the film, your favourite characters, a deep analysis of the themes, all of that good stuff.
0: I just hope my internet is working that day. <laughs> So recently, Insightia released the Proxy Voting Annual Review 2022, which I'm sure some of you are reading. Uh, It provides you with essential commentary on the voting trends to have emerged in the last proxy season. It also features extended analysis on topics including ESG voting and developing trends on audit, remuneration and director election proposals. So on the latest episode of Beyond the Boardroom, I went through the report with Rebecca alongside Emmanuel Pellicuccia of Alliance Advisors, who sponsored the report. I asked Emmanuel about the future trends around expectations for companies and their climate actions. Here is a clip.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think everything is evolving very rapidly. Again, climate is a really urgent topic an urgent issue that requires swift action and as a result we're seeing these very quick developments from investors that are requiring rapid action by companies that's a lot of pressure but it's certainly because of the financial and and other risks associated with climate change that requires that uh, significant action to be taken so i think one of the main areas that we're certainly going to see ramped up is the idea of uh, these say on climate management proposals. So there's been a trend so far of these increased resolutions put forward by companies to have their climate transition plans or climate action plans approved by shareholders. We've seen this most Significantly in the US to date, but it certainly emerged in other markets as well, um, including the UK, Switzerland, and other markets uh, across Europe. But I believe that this expectation of companies really putting forward a very clear plan of how they're going to achieve the commitments that they've disclosed publicly uh, is going to be really important. So, Again, we've certainly seen a lot of commitments by companies around climate action, around achieving net zero or working toward net zero, but now investors are really asking, okay, but how are you going to achieve this? And there's a lot of scrutiny being placed on companies who have made these commitments, but have not necessarily provided a clear way that they're going to achieve it, um, providing investors with the the insight into how they will work toward accomplishing these goals
0: so you can get your free copy of that report by visiting the publications page of our website or by simply clicking the link in the show description as for this episode we've come to the end but make sure you subscribe to Insightia Monthly by emailing diligent.com. I'm Kieran Paul. thank you for listening and a little heads up to say in December we will be releasing a best of 2022 episode, so look out for that.